You are about to listen to a message from David Bendet, Senior Pastor of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. David's desire is to see people lit on fire by God's love, His Word, and His presence. So prepare yourself to be inspired by the wind and the Word, and get fired up about what God's doing today. So the title of my message for Sunday, September 4th, is The Fiery Trials That Try You. Because if you don't understand what fiery, the, the purpose of fiery trials and what they're designed to do and what they produce, then when you go through one, you'll cave and you'll be crushed and you'll be killed and you'll become destitute. But when you can understand that fiery trials ultimately have a purpose and you can flip the tables on the fiery trial instead of letting it lodge in your mind, suddenly you become more like him. So we're going to study that scripture today. Let's pull it up. 1 Peter 4.12. Don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Don't think it strange. I want to first talk about the word to think. It would seem simple. It would seem like, man, I just had this thought. But it's much more than that. The Greek understanding of think means that you invited a guest over. And you became hospitable to that guest. And you began to serve that guest that came to visit your mind. It's the understanding that when the guest comes, it wants to establish a place of lodging. Think hotel in your head with a room that fiery trial and strangeness wants to reside in and it wants to lodge itself it's a thought that's why peter's saying do not think and if you don't get the concept of thinking and what this thought wants to do to you because if you dwell on the thought suddenly it inhabits and it becomes your life and now it becomes a leached on parasite that never leaves you and because it's a leached on parasite and it hurts so bad, the only way that I know to do it is to put down a bottle of red wine. Proverbs 23. Read it. Woe to you who has calamities and struggles and trials and then sits long at the red wine. And of course, there's three threes there. So 2333 says... When the eye sees strange things, the heart speaks perversity. Because if I allow the strangeness of this event to take root, perversity comes out of my heart. God's not good. God didn't care. If he really was good, he wouldn't have. Do you see what happens? And that's why this is such a powerful word. Do not think, do not allow the strangeness and novelty of this thing or the shocking effects of it to take root in your life. That's what this means. It shocked me. I was shocked. Completely sideswiped. Hit over the head with a baseball bat with full force from a guy as big as Jonathan. That's what it felt like. Knocked me out. 
I was knocked out. But it was only for a moment. Because the shockingness of it has already wore out of my life. Because I have hope and strength through Christ. The weeping endures for the night. His favors for a lifetime. And joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30 verse 5. Etched in my brain. It's only for a night. And the world doesn't understand the peace that the Prince of Peace gets. You're just trying to get over it. You know what? Just take your time and grieve. Sure, of course, grieve is long. grieving is okay. But establishing a stronghold in the grief will kill you. That's why it says it'll only endure for a night. Because his mercies are new every morning. And people don't understand how can you have this kind of joy and peace and strength after going through what you went through? It doesn't mean I'm not sad and it doesn't mean I don't weep. It doesn't mean I'm just trying to mask it with the crutch of Christianity so I can just get over it. No. I don't ever want to forget how much that hurt because I want to remember that so that the next time I'm trying to comfort somebody, I can cry with them and feel that. Because Jesus does that for me. I don't live there, I don't dwell there, but I understand. And I don't ever want any of you to go through something like this, but whatever you face, because another type of suffering that is truly suffering is when you don't feel good. If you're sick in your body. That's why we believe in healing here. It's so odd to some people some people get offended when ryan gets up and says raise a hand say no i'm not gonna raise my hand you can't make me you can't make me i drug myself into this church i don't even want to be here anyway and now you're gonna make me raise my hand oh if you are sick and you're in pain you will raise your hand and you're not gonna sit there apathetic because that's just another one of those churches that just believes in that stuff that never, it never happens anyway. So I'm not even going to do it. People walk in here already apathetic, didn't even want to come. And as soon as we do one thing they don't like, they're out. That was their reason to go. I can't even fathom that. I don't even understand. But it happens and we won't get deterred by it. And we'll never stop believing. And I'll never stop contending for the resurrection of the dead. And let me tell you, I prayed till that baby was in my arms. And in my arms, I prayed that she would be resurrected from the dead because I know God can do creative miracles. And in my mind, I thought, God, this could have been one incredible testimony one way, but we'll make it another incredible testimony another way. And though I don't understand, I don't have to because Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Everybody say, lean not. not. Say it louder. Say it again. Because every day you got to fight against your intellect and your own understanding of why, 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 why. And you got to know why about everything. If you want one why for your life and for the rest of your life, it's Genesis 1.28. It's original intent. And it always starts with you being fruitful. And in order to be fruitful, you must be cut down and reestablished in Christ so that you can bear fruit and multiply and replenish and subdue and have dominion. 
and death may have knocked on my door, but death is moving on by because there's a blood on my doorpost. And I will remain fruitful. In fact, I'll become more. And so you. Yeah. This isn't hyped up, made up. I was on fire before this, trust me. You don't make this up. I don't need you to just come back because I was so hyped up. I don't need to make you feel good. I need to reveal the truth to you so that you get transformed and become like him. Become more like him is what we will do. And this will only make me more like him because let's look at the scripture. So think, don't, do not take this strange thing and visitor. Everybody say it's a visitor that came to visit you. But guess what? Eviction notice. You gave your visitor an eviction notice. He is no longer in your life. He doesn't live with you and dwell with you. May, when she had her difficult miscarriage, evicted. No longer a part of her life, moving on stronger and better and more on fire than ever before. And I could probably pick out about 200 of you in this room together that have suffered hardship and difficulty but gave it an eviction notice and got free from it. And if you're still bound up and hurting, this is a place of healing. This is a pool of Bethesda. And yes, Jesus will come along in the form of your neighbor and pick you up when you didn't have the strength to get into the stirred up waters. Because the stirred up waters are here. The angel of the Lord is stirring the water. You just need somebody to grab you up. Come on. Come on, mama. Come on, Lucinda. I'll take you into the water. But you got to say, I want to get in the water. And what we do is we stand on the bank and we say, that's too weird. An angel's going to what? Oh, no angel's going to come and stir that water up. I'm just going to lay here in my sickness on the side. I'm going to stand on the bank while the river goes by and everybody's dancing in the midst of difficulty because trust me, the lie of the enemy is to tell you all these dancing people up here in this weird church, they're all, they got it all together. They're just so happy. What's the matter with them? That Pastor David, he's just such a show-off. Just dancing like that and worshiping. He's just trying to show off. Or, yeah, gosh, if I was the pastor too and I had a great life like he had, I would worship too. Not. I worship because I'm desperate. I worship because I'm in love. I beat the drum harder for his heartbeat. This is, this is my M.O., and it's been my M.O. for a very, very, very long time. So you make it yours. That's my challenge to you. You make it yours, and you don't have to come up to the front, and I don't care how you worship. I just care that you worship. I posted a, reposted a thing from Rita Springer on my Facebook yesterday that was awesome. She's been a worship leader that I've loved her created a worship album has sustained me still to this day. One of my favorite worship leaders, and she posted a post. Go on to my Facebook and read it where she talked about no matter what you face, you worship. In every situation, you worship. In, ev- in hurt, pain, downcast, you worship. Of course I'm going to come and play and worship and shout and lift my hands and sing. 
after that. What am I going to do? Sit down here on the front in a little pool of pity party? I already had my pity party. It lasted a night. The hardest, longest night of my life. But joy came in the morning. If you read my wife's post on Facebook about our note of what happened, she sprung up out of bed Sunday morning and wrote in 10 minutes that post. My wife. So let's look at fiery trial for more. If it's got fire in it, it's got my attention. <laughs> so fiery trials got my attention. Let's first look at fire, fiery. This word for fire is the exact word for pyro. It's actually pyrosis in the Greek. And it means a burning, and it means the burning that the refiner fire uses to melt metal. It's a metal melting, refining fire. It means to be roasted and reduced completely down and remove all impurities out of your life. It means to go through calamities and trials that test the character of who you really are. That's why we say pressure doesn't make a man. Pressure reveals what's inside of a man. Which is why the last thing Jesus did before the cross was he went to a garden. And the garden just so happened to be called oil press. Gethsemane. The garden that will reveal what's inside of you to get the revelation of what's inside of you you always have to go back to the garden and you always have to be pressed to see the oil and the beauty that's inside of you i don't understand it it's a mystery in the kingdom but what i do understand is no matter what you've gone through and face it can become a personal testimony to help somebody else your problems today or your ministry tomorrow everybody i've said it 20 years ago, I said that statement. Whatever you're going through, if you can learn how to process it the way Christ wants you to, you can do a ninja flip on this thing and suddenly help the other person that doesn't know how to get out of it. Some of you are getting healing today just by my testimony. Just by my own experiences, some of you are coming out of your hurt and pain and dysfunction. Doesn't it feel so good right now? take a deep breath all of our hearts are captivated together i'm with you i'm not the high and mighty pastor on a pedestal and you're the lowly peasant congregant <laughs> i'm not so super special that i'm above you i'm in the trenches with you it's not me and you it's us it's not i it's we it's our, let us, let us. So the fiery trial, bring the scripture back up. Fiery means that the trial's really hot. And the trial is meant to try you. Think of an actual legal trial. 
think judicial. Think that you are the witness on the witness stand being asked questions in the midst of a fiery, hot situation. Because the trial tries you. Let's try you. That's why I've often said your faith isn't any good until it's tested. Test me and watch what happens. Try me and watch what happens. My faith only grows stronger in the midst of adversity. Not questioning and wondering. Sure, I said, God, I don't understand. God, no, please, please, Daddy, no. I said it repeated. Please, God, don't let this happen. And then I took authority as a son, and I and prayed and worshiped, and the presence of God filled the room, and I opened the blinds in the labor and delivery room, which the last two babies were closed. I'd imagine nobody ever really does that. So I opened up the blind because I said, let there be light. And then I lifted my hands, and I began to pray in tongues and worship, so much so that Kayla had to come and say, listen, all the other mamas in the other rooms having babies are hearing you cry out in worship. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. She said, you only have one volume. I said, I know it's 11, but I, but I can't turn it down. It's not that I'm loud. It's that my voice, it carries. <laughs> when my wife and I get into a heated argument, she says, stop yelling at me. I said, I'm not yelling. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm not. And the nurse comes in and says, there's some long-haired freak out in the, in the waiting room with a guitar and has kicked his boots off and headphones in, worshiping. Is that your brother? I said, yeah, send him in. Let me tell you something really, really odd to me. I moved to Corpus Christi on August 25th. 2006 I rolled into town and unpacked my stuff at Bay Point Apartments at Ennis Jocelyn SPID to the day August 25th 2006 the very next day I oversaw my first service with Pastor Mark Crow at Victory South Coast at Lantana and I-37 10 years to the day now, I like numbers, and I'm fascinated by dreams and signs and wonders. I just so happen to like that stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm going to look in my Christian dream book, because yes, a third of the Bible came through dreams and visions. Why wouldn't we pay attention to our dreams? So I have this awesome Christian dream book by Ira Milligan called Understanding the Dreams You Dream, and it helps break down numbers. So I looked up number 10. I re thought I remembered what 10 meant, but I wasn't sure, and I looked it up, and 10 means measurement. It means to be tried and tested. Now, I don't understand how that could happen 10 years to the day. But what I do know is I was being measured and I still am. Tried, tested. Look at the scripture. This trial is out to try me. And what it means to be tried, it means to be proved. Everybody say proved. In fact, everybody say, prove it. <laughs> and so to be tried means to be proven. It's the trial of your physical condition too. Your fidelity, your virtue, and your constancy. 
It means that when you're enticed to sin or tempted from your own desires or adverse life circumstances, that instead of running to darkness, you run to the light. Instead of drugs and alcohol and anger and victim mentality, I run to the truth and the confidence of who the Lord is in my life when I'm being tried. It means our internal process or mental state that can cause you. If you don't see the trial the right way, you, be, you get this mental state and it can cause you to be depressed or in your heart. That's why Proverbs 23, 33 says, when you look at something strange, your heart can then in turn speak perverseness. Because when you're crushed, one of two things comes out of you. Either oil and beauty and radiance and life, hence the garden, or bitterness, wrath, darkness, drugs, alcohol, num-num hotel, which so much of our world is doing. Do you understand? These are prophetic patterns that happen when we go through difficult times. But see, remember Hebrews 2.10. Jesus was made perfect through the suffering. And suffering can be evil, calamity, hardship, or adverse situations in your life. Think it simple, guys. From everything from a uh, an employer treating you poorly to the loss of a job. And I don't believe that I should ever have to live in that suffering. But when they come now, I'm just like, Psh. now this one was a little different. This is the hardest of them all. And my prayer in Jesus' name is that the blood will cover you from the spirit of death and that no one here will have a miscarriage or a lost child or a death in your life. Of course, I pray divine protection over you. I'll pray it before we leave today. But unfortunately, it happens. It's happened here. And when it does happen, we comfort and we bring health and life and my prayers it never has to happen to you. I'd much rather you go through a mean boss or you lost a job and instead of you falling into depression and suicidal thoughts or because friends weren't there, you overcome it. I'd much rather you go through that than what I went through or any of you went through. Of course, I don't want you to go through it. But if it does happen, we're going to fight. We're going to radiate and we're going to stand together because watch this, watch this. The fiery trial is to try you. It puts you on trial to reveal the fidelity or virtue or constancy that is inside of you, okay? It puts to proof and challenges who we really are. As some strange thing happened to you. Strange things happening in the Greek is the understanding of a foreigner or an alien without knowledge came to visit you and to dwell with you and then you entertained him and you let him have full-time residency in your life happened to me the word happened in the Greek is the word symbino and it's where you get the exact word of symbiotic how many of you know what symbi symbiosis or symbiotic all my scientists and biological people know. Let me tell you what symbiotic, a symbiotic relationship is. In biology, symbiotic refers to any adverse organisms that live together. And in this case, the relationship is not necessarily beneficial to you. Parasites are a great example of an unhealthy symbiotic relationship with their host. And the only one benefiting is the parasite. So we establish this symbiosis, symbiotic relationship with our pain. 
We think this strange thing just happened to me and now I'm going to come into communion and I'm going to come into alignment with it. I'm going to walk with it and I'm going to come together with it as one. That's symbiosis. I'm going to show you the opposite of symbiosis here in just a second. You guys doing okay? You all right? Can you smile? It's okay. I know it's in it. Look, I just went through. You got it. You got to let me release it out to you today. Okay. And some of you need this. You need this today. You can't live in a symbiosis, symbiotic relationship with this parasite, this demon that's bringing dysfunction to your life and causing you to run to alcohol and drugs and popping pills, depression and anxiety. <laughs> you know how I like to take one scripture and recap, I break it all down in the Greek and then I recap it. I summarize it in a paraphrase. Can I do that for you? Yeah. All right. Keep the scripture on and reread it to you. <clears throat> this is the David Bendet Greek interpretation. <laughs> Do not allow yourself to entertain, be surprised, or astonished by the unsettling and unfamiliar visitor that wants to stay with you. Your adverse situation wants to lodge itself in your mind and make a full-time habitation. Yes, it's a foreigner and an alien to the nature of Christ. But this visitor has a purpose. He will bring calamities that will test your character and ultimately burn out anything in your life that isn't like Jesus. He'll bring a refining process that purifies your heart to trust and love like Jesus if you handle it the way he handled it. These trials will put you on trial. They'll test you and ultimately prove who you are and what you're made of. You must overcome and remain constant in who Jesus is in you and who you are called to be as a son. These fiery trials will bring true fidelity to your life. How many of you know what fidelity means? Not a lot of us could define fidelity, so let me define it for you. Fidelity means to remain faithful to a cause, person, or belief system, and to demonstrate your faithfulness by continuing to be loyal and support what you believe in. It means to be sexually faithful to a spouse, it means to the degree of exactness with which something is copied or reproduced. The fidelity that is produced in your life through a fiery trial that happened to you, if you respond the right way, ultimately makes you to become an exact copy and reproduction of Jesus. And I'll show it to you in the next scripture. They'll make you a virtuous man or woman with high moral standards and a behavior in your life. And in turn, you'll stay the course without ever turning back. Yes, it doesn't make sense and seems completely foreign. But don't be shocked. And don't allow yourself to entertain this situation in your mind long term. It wants to live with you and become one with you. And if you allow it, it will become your full-time guest that you'll host. Don't be hospitable to this situ situation. And do know and establish a new relationship with Christ and break the symbiotic relationship with the pain. Learn from it. Gain the knowledge of Christ in it. Realize he suffered even more and you're not alone in it. Allow yourself to be tried and proved. And in turn, come out shining as a diamond for him every time. So instead of dwelling in your fiery trial, 
Instead of allowing adverse situations to bring sin and destruction, you can actually flip the table on it and become more refined and now do what we're supposed to do, which is rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. Pull up the next verse because notice there's a semicolon. This verse goes with this verse. But rejoice. To rejoice means to have a remaining calm peace inside your heart, to be calmly happy and to know it is well with your soul. That's why the first thing we posted, the title was It Is Well. Because even in the midst of it, it is well with my soul. Because we can rejoice. Why? We can rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. And I love the word partake. Everybody say partake. The word partake in the Greek is the word koinonia. You know what koinonia means? It means to partner with, to have an intimate relationship with, to know personally. And it means to come together into fellowship as one. So you have two choices. You have symbiosis or koinonia. We can choose to live in the hurt and the pain, or we can embrace the koinonia fellowship because I can rejoice that in the midst of that fiery trial, he overcame. He, we are partakers now of his suffering. And when he overcame, we overcame. And now we understand it even more than before. And when his glory is revealed... Which means the lid is lifted. You now have revelation. It's the word apocalypse. Everybody say apocalypse now. This is better than a Hollywood movie. But you'll remember it if you ever saw it. Most of the young generation don't even know that movie. But I saw it. It was napalm. Napalm bombs. To lift the lid on the foreign enemy. But what I'm telling you is that God lifts the lid to reveal what? His glory. You know what glory means? It's not some by and by pie in the sky that you can't ever get. Glory means his image, his likeness, his countenance. So guess what? Every hardship, if you do the ninja flip on that thing, it makes you more like Jesus. And you become refined to shine bright so that when his glory is revealed, people go, I don't know why the pastor's dancing, doing the happy. I just did the happy dance for you a couple weeks ago. I don't know what else to do. You think I'm going to stop doing the happy dance? Because I can rejoice. And I have exceeding joy because God's glory is being revealed to Rock City Church. And it's being revealed to you in the midst of your darkest hour when the boat's rocking. You think you're going to die. If you look close enough, somebody's walking on the water. And you, when you first see it, you're going to think he's a phantom. The, not the phantom of the opera, the phantom of the sea. Look up the word. It's phantom. When they first saw Jesus walking on the water, they thought he was a ghost. And they were terrified. They thought they were seeing an illusion. Could it be when I'm sinking and I feel like I'm not going to make it, Jesus is closer than he's ever been? Walking on the water. And in the natural eye, it looks like a fantasy. That's where you get the word fantasy. Phantom, fantasy. I'm making it up in my mind. Jesus can't be walking on the water that placebo faith stuff is just not real. Psh, everybody go. Psh. 
<laughs> Let's all stand. You have been listening to a message from David Bindet, Senior Pastor of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. David's prayer is for a deeper understanding of God's love and purpose for your life, and that all of us would grow into a greater awareness of our identity in Christ. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay fired up.